Welcome to The Courage Effect. I'm Suzanne Weller, and this is a show about growth and unleashing what's possible. You will hear inspiring stories about what courage looks like, how we navigate what's getting in our way, and the opportunities that surface when we choose courage over comfort. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Courage Effect. This is Suzanne, and I am so excited for my guest today. I'm excited for all of my guests, let's just be honest. Um, Today's guest is Militia Marks, and Militia is somebody that I met in an entrepreneurs group that we are both a part of here in Seattle. Uh, Militia is the founder of Poplin Style Direction, a boutique styling consultancy here in Seattle. And since 2013, Militia has helped hundreds of cis and trans women across the country look and feel their best through personalized one-on-one style mentoring. By using a client's personal style, body type, and values, Poplin provides accessible web-based tools to help her command her style easily, taking the stress out of getting dressed every day and empowering her to take her style to the next level. Prior to Poplin, Militia's career was in philanthropy, and she continues to work in various volunteer capacities, leveraging her voice and resources to make the world a better place for all. It's wonderful to have you here, Militia. Thank you for being on The Courage Effect. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to see you, Suzanne. Uh, You too, as always. Um, So I'd love to kick off with you talking a little bit about your history, your journey. You are somebody, I mean, I I love spending time with you because every time I see you or hear you, I'm left feeling both inspired and energized. You always bring new perspectives and you have made some pretty bold moves in your life. And I think that's a great place for us to start talking about courage. So you want to take a couple of minutes just letting people know about you and your past? Uh, That is a big question, and I'm not (laughs) sure that I have the answer. I will say some high points of that would be that I I worked my way through college. I worked full-time, went to school full-time, and um, in graduate school, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to experience graduate school and work part-time and get a paid internship and do all of that, and um, it really worked for me. In the end, I whimsically decided to move to Guatemala and I got an internship with the United Nations Population Fund on maternal mortality, which was thrilling and unexpected. Then I moved to New York because I thought if I'm already living out of a suitcase, what's the difference? And then I came back to Seattle um, and I had had a whole career in philanthropy. Honestly, I really thought if you wanna help people and you wanna make a difference, you must do that through public service or nonprofit. I didn't know that you can have that kind of impact no matter what you do in your life. And I'm so grateful that I came to that realization and was like, oh yeah, you don't have to be in a specific industry to change people's lives and to really find meaning in your work. So what's really kind of crazy for me is that after all these different paths that we're supposed to be helping people, this job has been the most gratifying by far that I've ever had. I feel much more impact than I ever had doing those other things, both uh, direct service and on a much higher administrative level. So I'm grateful for it. And I think that has helped me have a lot more perspective, for sure. I I love hearing about your story. I love hearing that you moved to Guatemala. Did you speak the language before you went? No, I took German. Like, oh, German is so much cooler. Everybody speaks Spanish. Like, I'm a real iconoclast. You should know about me. Uh, so, no, figured it out once I was there. In fact, in my office, no one spoke English. So, 
uh, was a real adventure for sure. Um, but it does make it, we just went to Mexico and I had so much fun, like kind of practicing my Spanish again. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great. But, uh, no, you know, I will say speaking on courage and Guatemala, I whimsically moved. I mean, I had not done anything even remotely like that before. And I was truly terrified. Like, I don't know. I was in the airport on my way there. Well, the first time I went on vacation by myself, which I thought was like the scariest thing you could ever do. And I used to do when things, when I started to get kind of a anxiety is not the right word, but I felt like kind of scared in life. Like I wasn't willing to take chances. I would try to do something crazy, like jump out of an airplane or move to Guatemala. And uh, it always reset me because it made me feel like, well, if I could do this, I can do anything. And I kind of relaxed a little bit. So when I moved there, it was, I felt terrified, but I also felt like I'm resilient. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just leave. And I kind of honestly feel like I'm not the center of the universe. So if it didn't work out and I needed to change, I kind of didn't think anyone was paying enough attention for it to matter. You know, I don't feel like a big sense of how embarrassing that would be. Like, I don't, those kind of things don't concern me so much. Wow. And it sounds like from a pretty young age, then you were making bold moves. Uh, maybe. I think as I had a really challenging upbringing. And so in order to kind of get what I wanted and uh, have opportunity, I needed to create those opportunities myself. Um, and I found that you could. Like I actually, I was really involved with student government when I was younger and clubs and all the things. And I just kind of discovered that if I wanted to do those things, it opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, so yeah, it's really paid off for me. I think taking risks has been big. And if anything, you know, I, I think there are all sorts of studies that say that if you, people's biggest regrets are really the things they didn't do as opposed to the things they did. And I, at this point, feel like I've taken a lot of big chances. And if they don't work out, they don't work out. But at least I don't look back and think, oh, my God, why didn't I do that? Yeah. Daniel Pink's book last last year. I know. Regret. I love yeah. him. So good. And it's so, so much good. about, yeah, like it's, I would much rather regret something that I did as opposed to what I didn't do. So I'm yeah. with you on that. And I'm a woman of action. I think you and I have talked about this a lot that uh, for me, it takes when we were talking about courage before you and I just kind of chit chatting about it, it takes more courage to be inactive to kind of let it happen for me than to just like make a mistake. I feel like uh, my motto is sort of progress. Like I just like momentum. And even if I'm going in the wrong direction, I'd rather be moving. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm okay with it, but just being stagnant is, is very hard for me. So let's talk about that a little bit as far as, cause that's an interesting definition of courage. So I'd love to, <laughs> no, I'd love for you to maybe, way. I'd love for you to maybe dig into that a little bit. Well, I mean, I think courage to me in general is you know, doing something that you're terrified to do, right, that you're afraid of. But there, for me, two different universes of that, like one, there's moving to Guatemala or starting my own business or switching careers, whatever. But those things, I truly believe, I don't know where this comes from, but I really think I can do anything. I really do. Like, and so I feel like if it all falls apart, I know I can take care of myself. Like, I know I can find a way to make it all work out kind of thing. And so those don't take the same kind of courage as something where in the world of Brene Brown, uh, you are really vulnerable. And so to me, real courage 
for me is when I'm putting myself in a situation where I notice something, for lack of a better word, that's a trigger to me that has some um, some kind of reference back to my some other terrible thing that has happened to me. And my husband has said something beautiful to me, I don't know, 15 years ago, and I really use it every day, which is make new memories. And it has mm-hmm. changed my life. And so whenever something hits me, and I'm like, whoa, I don't like how this feels. I don't like where my mind is going. And then I think really hard about, okay, what's happening to my body? And what can I do differently? And how can I make this a new memory? And not only just like, ideally, it's not just neutral, it becomes a good memory. So a good association with whatever this is. And it's very hard. And it takes a long time. But that approach over so many years has really paid off. Like I really feel a difference. And there are all sorts of things, you know, we're talking about examples of um, being courageous and whatever. And I have a hard time thinking of them because once something is so hard for me, I really do create this new memory so that I almost forget the part that was challenging in the first place. It's almost like reclaiming it. And I mean, because oh, yeah. there's such a survival instinct that I'm hearing there. And you're building that resilience, as you said, over time. But it's the idea of not letting it, not not giving it up to somebody else, really holding onto that power and creating a new memory is a beautiful way of being able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I feel like to me, I, so I am an, a sexual abuse survivor and um, I don't know, at least one in four women have this same thing and yeah. one in five men, I'm sure there are many more. So it's a common story, right? But um, for me, I feel like when something happens that I hear a voice that triggers me or I see a pattern on a couch or like something happens that really just sets me off. Then I'm like, you know, if I let this stop me, if now I'm not going to be around this couch or whatever, then that person just wins again. It's like they're abusing me all over and they're winning. And I'm just not willing to do that. And so my my approach is I will win. You will see. (laughs) And, uh, And that takes me really far. And then I do turn it into like, how can I then learn to love this thing or associate something great with it that took me in a totally different direction before. So it is really a lot about power and control, but also release, like release of tension, you know, like you feel that anxiety building up and then being able to not only relax, but you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about being anxious, like nervous, anxious versus being excited, your body tends to feel all the same things, but it's your mindset that is telling you it's either happy or scary, you know? So How do you switch that around? Well, in the mind and the body are so closely linked, right? I mean, we just know know when we're not in the right place. And it's amazing to me how much like meditation, being able to rewire neural pathways, right? Like being able to do these things to physically think differently and what we're able to do in our body. Um, We know when something isn't right. So I love that you're, I, I love that you're sitting in that and, and then deliberately reframing it as opposed to letting it take you over. Yeah. And I think my husband always says that's the advantage of uh, self-employment. He's like, because you have time to think about these things. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been working through something for three days. <laughs> and he's like, 
everybody else has other things on their mind. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, but I also, whenever I discover something, even if it sounds horrible, like, oh, you have a fear of commitment or whatever, I th think of it as a victory. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. Now I understand. And now I can figure out if I'm fine with that. And I'm just going to roll with it. Or if I want to try to make it to change it or, you know, what that means to me. Such a great point. I love the idea of, I mean, it, it is good to be able to have the time to pause and think about it, but then you can go the opposite direction where you're completely overthinking. Oh yeah. So yeah. And I tend to fall into that camp. So it's one of those where how do I create the container around? This is a good amount of time to process and then move on. Cause you have to, as you said, you got to move into action at some point. So, well, that's also the beauty of podcasts because when you're too much in your own head, you can start listening to somebody else's head for a while. It's fine. Great point. <laughs> Thank you. Radio shows. <laughs> And speaking of that, we are going to take a break to hear from some of our sponsors. So uh, we will be right back. Thank you for being here. Job search doesn't have to be painful. Wouldn't it be great if you had someone to guide you through your job search or career exploration? Since 2013, Plum Coaching has provided job search, career coaching, resume, and LinkedIn profile expertise to clients around the world. Plum's coaches are former recruiters who have more than 15 years experience in every type of industry, including tech, real estate, construction, manufacturing, and nonprofit. Their coaches take what they know about hiring and put it in service to their clients. If job search is a challenge, or if you're exploring a new career direction, Plum is here to help. They'll work with you to turn what feels like a slog into an adventure. Visit PlumSeattle.com for details and information on their services. Maybe it's time for a partner like Plum. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back. This is Suzanne Weller, and we are The Courage Effect. And today I'm having a conversation with Militia Marks. We have been talking about big, bold moves and really, you know, taking power when we actually are doing some of these courageous acts. I'm curious for you, Militia, if there's a specific story recently, and I'm wondering, maybe it has something to do with fashion and clothing, since that's something that is a part of your business and a part of why... I love the conversations that we have and really gravitated towards style and clothing, not just being this throwaway thing, but being something that really is about confidence and power. So I'd love for you to maybe take that ball and run with it. Yeah, sure. Um, for sure. I have been thinking a lot about what courage has looked like for me recently. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, I don't know, we went to Mexico to a resort. It was a delightful family and I. Um, and I wore, I think one day we went down by the pool and I was wearing a bikini, nothing crazy, but you know, bikini. And, um, it was sitting there and my husband and son went off to do something else. And as I was sitting there, I like could feel someone watching me, you know, it is, uh, 
I hate to make this generalization because maybe men feel this too, but I think women, especially you can feel when you have, for lack of a better word, like a predator's eyes on you really. And not like someone checking you out, but like super creepy, disturbing. So I look up and there is this super disturbing man just like staring me down. And I was so, I felt so vulnerable and uncomfortable and exposed and, um, And as I mentioned, as a survivor, I felt even more like that. So I definitely did not want to be in that situation. And between this man and me, there were kids like all around him. And so I Mm. couldn't say something directly to him because normally that's how I would respond. (laughs) So, So I just got up and left and went over to my husband and my kid. And I was very upset the rest of the day. Like it just really threw me off. I had a really hard time kind of readjusting and recalibrating to the whole thing. Um, and I told my husband obviously about it. And so it was sort of like, what am I going to do about that? Like, I can't, I can't let this man keep me from the pool, obviously, but also I don't want my vacation for me to feel like exposed in this way. And a big part of my job is modeling for my clients and encouraging women, especially women who are in their 40s, 50s and beyond to own their sexuality and not feel like they need to hide who they are or that they are less beautiful or less attractive as they get older. So the next day, I'm like, okay, we're going down again, whether or not this guy is there. I mean, how can I control that? But I had brought this suit that I thought was like on the borderline kind of sexy, like a little too, like something I don't normally wear. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to wear this suit. I brought it sort of as an extra. And I looked at my husband. I was like, today I'm wearing this suit. (laughs) So we went down to the pool and I was in my like super sexier suit. And I was, I just refused to give in. I, I kind of, and it took a lot for me. Felt me. I felt very uncomfortable in the beginning. And then I just got more in the zone and everything was fine. And it wasn't, I mean, it was the moment of deciding to go down to the pool wearing this, but also, and something I tell my clients too, is set yourself up for success. Like don't expect the world. So I went there with my husband, you know, as opposed to me just going to the same spot, sitting by myself, feeling like mm-hmm. a victim. And so I think, Something that helps me is the, I'm going to create new memories. And in this case, I'm not going to allow this man to throw off the good memories I am creating, but also I'm going to do it in a way that I know I'm going to be successful instead of just like willpower. And I just need to change how I think. So yeah, I don't know. I feel good about it. And you should, that's, (laughs) that bikini was obviously meant to go to Mexico with you and Talk about taking a really creepy experience that can cast a major shadow over your vacation and just, you know, your time. Um, I mean, what I'm really hearing is choice, is you stepping in and not letting somebody dictate how you spend your time, if it's what you wear or just how you're showing up every day. Oh, yeah. My whole life is about intention. I think about it all the time. Like, I feel I took this, uh, this survey and not, not a survey, um, like a personality test kind of thing that you take in grad school, Myers-Briggs and all of these. And one of them that I took in grad school was um, how much control you feel you have over the world and how much control you feel the world has over you. And 
I was at the very top with Peace Corps volunteers. And like, there's no one who thinks that they can control the world more than me. And I'm not someone who has control issues. Like, I don't feel like I need to be in control of situations. And I feel like I have power when I want to exercise it. And so, um, yeah, every day I really think like this life, is mine. And I'm the one who's ultimately responsible for how it turns out. You know, I can't control the world around me, but I can certainly control the choices that I make or the way that I respond to the things that happen. And um, that's on me. Yeah. And that's a lot of accountability. I mean, it's, it's very intentional. As you said, it's being accountable for your behavior and also at the same time, modeling it for other people, as you said, because that's a really important thing, not just for your clients, but for, for the women of the world and for the humans of the world, you know, overall. Yeah. So, yeah. And for my kid, I think that that is what really got me on. I think I've always been very intentional, like what can I do? But I don't know that I really stepped into my power until I had a child who is now 12 um, to really understand that I can either recreate my childhood as often happens where you have learned behaviors and you don't even realize that you're repeating these same things, or I can make these intentional choices every day and it's up to me. And so as he gets older to see that my background is so foreign to him that he can't even like conceive of a life that is similar is a victory, you know? And I, I think of that all the time. Like that's the goal here is, um, is not to continue some uh, legacy of suffering, you know? Yeah. One, it's, it really is about reclaiming power. I mean, I keep, I keep that theme keeps coming up for me. And I'm, when you talk about your son, I'm also wondering how are you with people that aren't so bold in their decisions in life? Because I could imagine maybe being somebody that is action oriented and is ready to move forward when a lot of people are just absolutely terrified. How, how do you navigate that tension? That is a great question. That is why I don't work for the government. And <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't for me. Good choice. <laughs> I believe in public service. Um, yes. Well, a few things. First, I do feel like with clients, if I do say so myself, I'm great at it. I feel like I'm a really good uh, support. I hear people. I'm not trying to make everyone like me. I don't really want the world to have a bunch of me. I spend all day with myself. Like I'm here to meet other people. <laughs> so I, I'm not trying to do that. Um, that being said, I, you know, when I was younger and I was trying to figure out what career I was going to have, I thought, well, maybe I should be a therapist. And I was like, oh no. If somebody came to my office every week and I was like, you need to leave him, you need to leave him, you need to, I just couldn't, I'd lose it. <laughs> so I do, I do need people to, to move, like to, to progress in their own lives, but I don't need them to move in my direction. Um, but I think it really is a lot about modeling and being patient because I have this amazing client. And when we first started working together many, many years ago, she was very introverted. And in fact, when I asked her later why she hired me, when she had interviewed several stylists, she said, well, to be honest, I'm painfully introverted and you were the only person I thought I could tolerate for this amount of time. And I took it as the biggest win ever. And I was like, I love her. And three years later, after we had done our whole thing, she came back and she's like, hey, I'd like to, could we, you know, just get some more clothes and yada, yada, yada. But I asked clients to, 
choose three words uh, for their authentic personal style, like where we're going. So if you walk into a room full of strangers, money is no object. What are you trying to communicate to the world? What are the kind of words they see as your style? And Mm -hmm. so for her, I, I can't remember, it was like effortless, Maybe there was edgy in there, something like that. But when she came back three years later, she was, I'd like to add sexy to my words. And I almost started crying. And like, I just thought it was the most beautiful shift. And then after that, maybe a year later, she became a sex and dating coach. What? Amazing. Amazing. From working in international relations, like amazing. So I feel like if you're just patient and you just show people that it can be done, and they take what they want and they, you know, their life is their own. I love it. It's like unleashing, unleashing this possibility. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, I am into it. I just had a client who she's in her mid fifties and we just did her photo shoot. And I had her wearing a crop top. It looked incredible. And when we were looking at her photo, she's like, I can't even believe I've never worn a crop top my whole life. But I'm like, you've had 50 more years to live. Are we shutting it down now? <laughs> like, I'm going to say no. And she went to a party in New York, she said, with like millionaires. And she goes, wearing it. She goes, I've never felt so good. People were so happy. And I'm like, you only have one life to live, you know, live it. Awesome. Awesome. What do you think is the biggest barrier to women really owning their personal authentic style? Fear. Uh, and most of it, I most is a strong word, but I will say hundreds of women I've worked with over a decade many, 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 many of them say things like, oh, I can't wear that, or I can't pull that off, or this doesn't look whatever. And almost every time it's from a woman saying it to them. It's from their mom or their Mm -hmm. aunt or their whatever. They were 14 and she said, you don't look good in blue. And that was literally, they took it to mean that forever. And I think men have said that to them, Sure, I'm sure, but it never comes from a man. It always comes from a woman. And I think it's important for us to remember as women that we have that kind of power over other women and especially younger women that words matter and we can really impact somebody's self-esteem or their love of body or self. And it's just important to be cognizant of what we're saying to people. So important. Well, and it's, you also work with a lot of women, as you said before, who are, you know, middle-aged whose bodies are changing. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that just adds, and I can speak to that personally. I'm sure that just adds <laughs> a whole other level of personal um, baggage as well. So as your, as your body's evolving over time. Yeah, I think, you know, it can be hard if you're someone who loved clothes and now the clothes you used to wear don't work anymore because your body has shifted or you're someone who never really got it. And now you're like, well, this is kind of sad for me. Like, I I would like to like it. My my goal with women is not just that they feel great about what they're wearing. It's that they actually love it, that it's fun for them. It's not like it just solves the problem. You don't have to worry about clothes anymore. It's like, oh, I had a great time looking at this. And people don't believe that will happen, but it always does. Yeah. Well, and I wish we had more time to really talk about everything during the pandemic, because that's a whole other (laughs) fashion. Um, I wouldn't even call it a hurdle. I mean, I think for a lot of people that set them into a tailspin. So, but anyway, um, for another time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So as we wrap up today, what was the best place for people to be able to get in touch with you? I think my website is the best. Uh, It's Poplin style, P-O-P-L-I-N-S-T-Y-L-E.com. That tells you everything you ever needed to know, I feel like. Well, and I can also attest to your blog is fantastic, as are your Pinterest boards and all of these things. I'm always 
you know, I, I never fail to find something that I'm like, can I do that? Yes, I can do that. <laughs> do I invest yeah. now? Do I invest later? So, yeah. So, oh, good. The newsletter hopefully does that for you too. Yes. Newsletter is amazing too. So Melissa, such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for being on the Courage Effect. Thank you. I feel very, very honored. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. And everybody, thank you for being here. I'm Suzanne Weller. Stay courageous. We will see you soon or we'll hear you soon. <laughs> Take care.